We are back. Solve for Why vlogcast number 18. My man, Matt Berkey, myself, Christian Soto. The Dominican flag is still missing from my table. You can walk your ass upstairs and get it. Nah, I'm going to tell Nick to get it. Um, so we had a pretty uh, busy week. We went up to, as you saw in the last vlog, we went up to Sacramento. And it was fun. It was pretty fun. But there is fun. That's that's the way you're going to describe this trip. Yeah. Why not? I got taxed a thousand dollars before I even posted a blind. I lost 2K in the game. Mm -hmm. You lost 10K in the game. Yeah. We were on the fl first flight out. We spent less than 10 hours in Sacramento. That's the name of the game, man. There's so many people that would wish to be in your seat right mm -hmm. now. Uh, you me. know, taking hit, taking hit. the jet sweat, the jet sweet. X hit me with the privilege card. And, huh? uh, you know, there's people that are grinding the one, two paying rake 2.5 big blinds a hand. Yeah. I hear and you. you're over there just like, you know, paying a little fucking $10 time every 30 minutes to play. I don't care about paying time. Mm. I care about paying a goddamn speeding ticket. Yeah. Well, that yeah. was just plucking us out of random. Well, you know, for all these optimization things, you leave your house fucking 20 minutes before the flight. <laughs> <laughs> we were good, man. We got there 10 minutes early. Tell the people why you took the Jet Suite X, because that's uh, another, we talked another about talking point. It was because uh, of search and seizure laws, which, God, if, if nothing else comes from this election and Bernie oh. Sanders ends up getting elected, uh, one of the first things that, or I guess like one of the best things I've seen in his policy is him getting rid of search and seizure. Hmm. The current state of the law is such that whatever municipal... Uh, municipality takes the money that goes into a slush fund mm. and then effectively whatever they don't spend assuming you win your court case you then get refunded I need to get rich enough to get a, sl a slush fund that sounds nice I only know that word to be like shady like uh. it sound, I, I, I think it just means like uh, you know expendable that's cash for like that's nice. For like small things for, for businesses. That's really nice. But it always comes off as like super shady. Yeah, it's like slush fund. Like yeah. we could just use it. Yeah, 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 right. All right, so talking about profit, we got a little bit. We got sniped up in Sacramento. That's fine. You, know. you got wrecked. How I get wrecked? I lost less than 200 blinds. Yeah, that is kind of. Well, I think it's just because you didn't play very long. So you're saying I'm losing more playing longer? No, <laughs> like, <what are> you... <laughs> no like losing 10K over the course of a session feels within standard deviation when it happens right out the gate it seems like annoying poker is one lifelong session yep it sure doesn't is. matter if it was hour one or hour 10 sure is but i could have played nine I bet hours your next 25 50 game won't look like that yeah i'm gonna fucking destroy this guy <laughs> listen so you wanted me to talk about my thoughts about eric no it's it's uh uh to set the stage a little bit so jim played a, uh, a hand on the stream where he ran three barrels after three betting pre with Queen Jack suited. Two barrels. Oh, yeah, right, right. Sorry. Turn one, check, check. Delete. Um, Chin chose half pot on the flop. Um, Eric responded through a call. Turn was a five, check, check. Yeah. River was an ace. And, like, you know, there's some onus on you that you're just going to be betting this card at a pretty high frequency. Um, you chose an overbet, which I had a pretty good instinct in game that you were going to choose. Yeah, 1.5. You get called by Ace King, which didn't surprise me. I think Eric's flat calling range is probably really tight, and he's probably pretty close to having no four bets. Or yeah, or just Kings Plus. Kings Plus, yeah. I'm, like, certain that it's probably only Kings Plus. Yeah, so... But I didn't know that at the time. Right, right of course. Um, though I will say, like, uh, it's, it's a weird transition because, like, you were watching the stream for five hours prior to that. Yeah, but you don't get the same pulse. Right. Because, like, you're... First of all, like you're trying to entertain the people that are in the Twitch chat. You're trying to like keep the conversation flowing. They're asking yeah. you different questions. Like you're only really like looking when someone is doing something that is important. Yep. You know, um, you know, it's a much different feel that when we're commentating on the academy because we are intent on every single play dissection. Sure. On a stream, it's a lot less uh, that way. You also like aren't necessarily able to pay attention to the specifics of each individual player's frequencies mm. where like for me in game it was really really clear like how few three bets i had available to me and then like how few uh barrel spots i had so uh there was a hand in particular where 
I had three bet King Queen mm-hmm. versus man, I can never remember his name. Apostle. Yeah, Apostle. And I got cold called behind. I was pretty sure it was a it was a hand range of like nines through jacks. Right. Maybe queens. Yeah. Um and then like ace queen. Uh and then Apostle called and it came like queen high. And I just remember like reverting all the way back to like the way I used to think about the game in like two thousand and thirteen, where it was like, Okay, like we have a one street hand now because we're way ahead, way behind the guy behind behind us, and Postle's range is super wide. So it's just going to be really hard to get to. And it's like, it sucks so bad because I'm staring at like a queen seven three rainbow board. Mm-hmm. And you're probably sitting in the booth going like, okay, Berkey's in a nice spot here to start with a small bet. Yeah. At least get two, maybe get three. Nah, at least get two. Right, right. And like the way it worked out was uh, I see bet like quarter or third pot on the flop both called that's troublesome turn was like a five so i think it was like queen seven four five uh check 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 river was a king obviously just makes life easy for sure i bet like half or two-thirds pot something like that and uh the flat caller behind had tens and folds and then possible has like seven six off (laughs) yeah i remember that i remember that well so it's like i clearly miss a street i just like expect to gain a lot of clairvoyance through a check on the turn where like when that bet comes through, it's it's mostly gonna be a hand like ace queen. So so anyway, the reason I set the stage for all that was uh, to give you an opportunity to talk your shit because you were right. letting me know that uh, you're old now and I'm you old, feel like man. you're in the crosshairs. No, I just like I remember being you know this isn't even about Eric. This is about the everyone. He's just a face to the collective. Well, this is the thing. Like when Jordan was around, uh, there he and I had like some not animosity, but like some sort of like dynamic where like you know when he was struggling in poker, he viewed me as like the reason why he struggled in poker, like my representation of you know people that are studying, people that are like in there gunning for him. Yeah, and you know when. I see kids like Eric that I know don't play these stakes consistently, but are taking shots by, you know, maybe Adam or whatever has pieces of him, Mm -hmm. believes in him, you know? Um, It reminds me that there are kids like him and they're coming, right? And that makes me feel good because I'm like, nah, fuck you. Like, I'm not, you're not taking my spot. Like, you won this hand, congratulations, tap the table, go back to where you came from and i'm gonna come back harder next time you're not gonna you're not gonna see that river or like i'm just gonna have it i'm gonna change my strategy i'm gonna go back to the books i mean (laughs) to i guess to to clarify a little bit this has nearly nothing to do with eric himself as a person this is just your kind of self-inflicted chip on your shoulder to remind you that people are nipping at your heels I mean, it's not Eric himself. Right, right. But it's what he, he represents. No, but if he wants it to be him, <laughs> it's fine. Like, but, you know, he's just the name of the person that represents the collective. Right, right, yeah. So, and that's a good thing. Like, I think he should be gunning for me. And I, we have roles to play here, right? It's like, I, I, I don't, I'm not sure. I don't know his entire history. But, like, I know he's been, like, running hot. And actually, I do know his history now at this point. So, like, <laughs> so I know he's been running hot the last like couple months. And like, you know, he's been taking some shots, probably sold a little piece and like did well in the game. That's amazing. You know, so I know he'll probably be around the scene, at least taking shots. And we're kind of in this mode of like, OK, like I don't play these games for for that long either. But I don't want you to take my spot. So I have to beat you, you know, kind of. Right. Like, you know, so effectively, cool. there's only so many seats. Mm hmm. There's only so much liquidity available both to fund yourself with as well as to collect. Yeah. And the way you see it is these young bucks are eating too much of the pie and you're hungry. I want to bury these people, man. Like (laughs) I'm not like, uh, I'm not how you operate. Yeah. This is how I operate. Like I get better when I see things like, okay, I made a mistake. I misappropriated your range. And I'm no longer going to do that because I'm not funding your future in this game. Right. right. Kind of thing. So in essence, it is a you versus you type dynamic. But the way it works out is 
you put a face to the to the side of you you're battling with this collective young up like it's you versus old you right no it's yeah sure yeah that yeah. seems like that seems right? good. like they represent old you and you know what that that guy was like you yeah. know what that hunger was like you yeah know for what, sure for sure what you were aspiring towards right like you're competing against that version of yourself yeah and i think that's good yeah i think it like keeps you sharp i think like knowing that you were once that person you've had this happen once before where you actually did form a rivalry mm. Mm -hmm. the academy attendees know all about dk yeah, DK was, I don't want to tell the same fucking story, man. If you don't want to know that story, it's 3,500 to come to the academy, <laughs> and we do it nah, you, every you quarter. Can, you can hit them with the, with the overview of it. You don't got to give the strategic Yeah, so like once I first started coming up, like uh, playing 510 uh, at, you know, some of the East Coast games, there was this one player called DK who's actually uh, a, just a short for drunk kid. And that was uh, right, let's let's be clear. He wasn't called that. You no, called I him called that. him that. I called <laughs> him that because that was the easiest way. He was like Indian, and I didn't really know his name. Um, and long story short, he was like the first time I met him, he was like drunk, quote unquote, um, and he was just playing really crazy. And at the time, my strategy was also really crazy. This was like a couple years ago. You know, this was like maybe four years ago. Um, and at the time, he was playing really crazy, and we he just wrecked me hard because like. He just had a higher tolerance for gamble than I could afford or was willing to do. My, I was like fake gambling. I was yeah. like given the illusion that I was gambling, but like I was like when the money went in, I just had it. But like when the money went in, he just had linear hands. Yeah. And I just like couldn't have the top enough. So he just like shot me down for like a long time until I just like kind of like said, okay, like you're either going to bust me or, or that's or I, whatever. Just bust me then. And yeah. then I just like started going really hard and he didn't bust me. And then eventually we became like kind of cordial. You sent him on his way? I didn't send him on his way. He's, uh, he'll be fine. But like, I'll send him on his way if he wants. <laughs> like that's, that's the truth. But I want to, I want to go back to your side. Obviously, you know, no, no harm, no foul, Eric. I hope I wish you the best. I play at the win, uh, five, 10, no limit hold them. You're welcome to uh, come anytime. Uh, all right. So your challenge. People are actually challenging you on your ability to complete your challenge. Not people. One one guy. Okay, but one guy represents the collective. There's a collective of me, people, of my people, and your people. Okay, okay cool. So, like, your haters are out there, and they're like, you can't complete this challenge. Maybe you're not good enough. Whatever. You end up posting something on Instagram, telling the kid to go fuck himself and make 100K himself. Yeah. What are your thoughts on people that don't play high stakes telling you that you can't complete a 100K challenge? To me, my whole thing is that it's fine to keep people in check and it's fine to uh, particularly knock somebody down a peg if they're putting themselves up on a fake pedestal. Hmm. Totally fine with that. Um, just, you know, come with the heat. Hmm. Make sure that you have the credentials, right? It's like... And what are the credentials? Just, well, first of all, be a winning player. Okay. You know, uh, best I could estimate by this guy's profile is that he's probably not. He okay. has, you know, 10 photos, two chip porns, and a satellite win. Yeah, yeah. It's just like, you know, it's like I've been around the game long enough. I know what it looks like. I know when you're trying to sell yourself the dream rather than actually getting out there and facilitating it. But, like, don't care. This guy could be a crusher. Just, but the... The real reason why I know he's not a crusher is because he sent the message. That's fair. right. Um, he was like something to the effect of, um, you know, you're just not talented enough to make $100,000 playing 510. When are you going to acknowledge that uh, you aren't a winning player and you make so many negative EVs, uh, negative EV decisions? Do you think you just have a degenerate gambling problem? Like he asked like what my history was and if I came from gambling, whatever. The guy was just trolling. The whole reason why I posted it though is because – I do think that he represents like the collective chatter of people who are onlookers saying like, so-and-so doesn't deserve to be where they're at. Mm -hmm. I could do better than they could do. Mm -hmm. uh, if the roles were reversed, my success would be tenfold. Mm -hmm. All of that kind of stuff. And, yeah. you know, it's kind of similar to like what you were saying only in the opposite. So it's similar. So it's not similar. <laughs> no, okay. it's similar in the sense that they're looking up. 
Yeah. And they're saying like, that's what I'm gunning for kind of thing. It's different in the sense that the people you describe are busting their ass. Oh, for sure. And there's a collective group of people who are, that's why I don't think like the stakes matter. I don't care if you're playing two five, you're playing two five and you're out there fucking putting in the work Yeah. and you are, you know, winning 10 to 15 big blinds an hour in, in a live game. Like you're the goat. Let's go. Absolutely. Like, nice job. Feel free to uh, critique me as much as you want. But also just know that like over 16 years, so have I. Mm-hmm. The the real thing that I'm saying though is like now for that other half that isn't putting in the work. And this is what I basically said in my post is like I remember what it was like to be an up and comer, particularly in the time that I was doing it where everything was just under suspicion, right? Like n- we had no idea what it took to win and we equated everything to talent. Right. So anytime positive variance swung our way, anytime a big opportunity presented itself, whatever the case may be, we all believed we were in way more control than we were. Yeah. And I remember being young. I remember all my friends having more money than me, more success than me. And, you know, I remember feeling like I was the most talented one of the group. And it was frustrating. It was easy to tear other people down way easier than it was to actually take the time to figure out where my deficiencies lied and work on them, right? And it took actually going broke. It took failing repeatedly and falling on my face continually before at some point, like you just take a cold, hard look in the mirror and say like, hey, either you have some talent for this or you don't. But like this rinse and repeat cycle of just like constantly projecting yourself as being the best and brightest in the room, but then having nothing to show for it isn't reflective of somebody who's talented in this game. I want to ask you something while we're there. Okay. We're on that point. Yeah. Um, so... When you say putting in the work at 2-5, what exactly do you mean by that? Now I think you need to understand basic principles behind the inner workings of this game. It's very mathematical in nature. The underlying principles are going to guide it, whether you're playing Zynga poker for free, 2-5 no limit, or 500-1000 on poker go. Mm-hmm. Right? All of it is going to be uh, orchestrated through the pot odds investment strategy or model. Yeah. Uh, all of it is going to be based around ranges and uh, stack sizes, SPR, bet sizes, et cetera, right? Yeah. So the more intimate you become with those variables and how their dynamic nature impacts strategy, the faster you'll get good. I actually wanted to add something, uh, and you got to give me your thoughts, right? So I'm at the win, and there is a 510 game that is looking pretty damn tough like it's the tougher of the 510 games i've seen in a while i'm waiting for a seat jackie's in front of me mm-hmm. right and across the table in front of me this was the day after the 2550 game um table in front of me i see like what i would consider to be like a reg i'm not gonna say if he's good or not just a reg right seen him a lot of times whatever looks at me turns to his friend kind of mentions the fact that I'm playing 2-5, knows that I played 25-5 the day before, looks back there, and then looks back at me. And, like, it's, like, kind of obvious to me because, yeah. like, he's making eye contact with me. Yeah. Um, And then kind of just, like, laughs and, like, kind of says, like, oh, he's playing 2-5 and shit like that. Do those things bother you at all? Like, if in or they ever bothered to. you? Oh, yeah, God, yeah. Right. Why? Uh, because I, mean, I tried, I, I feel like that tilted me in a way. Yeah. And I'm like, who are you like to, ever, like, you'll never sit back there. Right. Like, right. I've never even seen you back there. Why are you even acknowledging, like, the fact that I'm sitting here? I mean, what you're describing is effectively this message that I received. Yeah, yeah. Right? That's what I'm saying. I'm trying, that, to, rela- and, I'm trying to relate yeah, to yeah, the situation. Yeah, yeah. This is why I'm saying, like, it's such a teachable moment. Like, yeah, for sure. Uh, and that's why I was, in the post that I made, I kind of, like, referenced back to, like, what it was like when I was coming up. Mm-hmm. And ego just drove everything. Right. I, I believed I was talented and the only way that I could possibly project that was to let my ego be the guide. So I always played the biggest game in the room, regardless of bankroll. I always had to ensure that I shut games down regardless of how much risk was at take. Mm-hmm. Right. So there's times where like I might have my entire bankroll on the table quadruple up. And now it's like, there's no incentive for me to still be in this game. It's like, I just forex my net worth. I should get out, but I have to shut the game down because mm-hmm. like I'm not going to back down from anybody. That whole thing. and don't get me wrong, like that helped create some 
good foundation to build off of later. Like it created tenacity. It created the ability to fail over and over again and still get back up. It created, despite its lack of discipline, it made me understand the importance of discipline yeah. thereafter. But in the moment, like, yeah, going broke was detrimental, man. It was it was the worst thing on earth because you had that ego check. You had to step back. Yeah, yeah. You had no choice. Like you had to go off the strip and play small games because you were embarrassed by by what had been going on. Yeah, and I think it's uh, a lot of that is happening. I mean, it still happens in the lab realm, and it's a good thing. One of the things that, that you taught me early on was, like, people are always going to be envious of your opportunities, like, or your talent, or whatever. Like, they're never just going to say, like, oh, yeah, he's just really good. Like, mm. that rarely happens. Those are actually the people you should be afraid of. Like, yeah, those yeah. people that can acknowledge talent. And also just, like, you know, I almost like there was a small part of me that was just like, man, I wish I could just kind of teach you. Like when I'm playing 2550, I don't have all of myself. Like right. it's not like I'm fully exposed sitting with like all of my money. It's yeah. like in that game, I had 25, I had a uh, 50% of myself in ten, playing 1025 effectively for myself. Right, right? right. Yeah. So it's like, I'm not playing 2550, you know, I'm playing 1025. Right. And that's not like, and the only reason I even decided to do that was because it was supposedly going to be a really good spot. Right. Yeah. So I'm playing 1025, 50% of myself and I lose, you know, it's like, that doesn't mean I like lost all my money and I have to go play two five. I'm waiting for a seat. And it's like, I don't understand how this isn't just easily like understood. The, the oh thing God. that changes it all now is how easily accessible everybody is. So, everybody's story is so much more accessible, right? Like that game was streamed and a lot of people saw it. Um, the fact that this kid can just like hit me up on Instagram, like he doesn't have to actually find me in a room and point mm -hmm. and laugh or anything like that. Right. So, you know, all of this stuff just lowers the barrier for people to kind of like appease their own insecurities. And again, like I, I was, I was kind of alluding to is like, it's, it's still a good thing, right? Not a good thing for the collective, uh, in any capacity because like ego and pride is obviously going to be the detriment of man mm. in the long run, but it's a good thing for us. And it's a good thing for all of those who are being picked apart because it's what creates the ability to play this game for a living, right? It's that arrogance that allows us to still profit. Yeah. Because the better people get, the more they understand that it doesn't matter what stakes you're choosing to play as long as you're putting yourself in a high EV situation. Yeah, absolutely. It's one of those things where I'm just like, you know, this shouldn't bother me because at the end of the day, I'm very blessed to even have opportunities to get in these situations. And these people, regardless, are going to tear you down, whether you like did it yourself or you didn't, or like if you got lucky or if like, or you hit a tournament, it doesn't matter. Yeah. You know what I mean? there's this world of people who are putting in the work and they're trying to progress and still fighting the battle against volatility mm -hmm. and variance and everything else. And there's other collective that's just ignorant to everything and feels entitled. And like I went on in the post to basically say, if you're able to take a snapshot of me and the come up throughout the process of going broke and being humbled and everything else, all you would see is entitlement. Yeah. And if you took a snapshot now, you would just see sheer and utter grit. And it's a byproduct of being humbled. It's a byproduct of having to start from scratch numerous times. Yeah. It's a byproduct of having huge opportunities fail. Yeah. And I basically just said like, look, I might fail at this challenge. I'm on pace to fail right now, but so what? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like effectively like get out there and make your own hundred K. I'll be the first one to congratulate you, but don't stand from the, or, or don't shout from the grandstands that you know something I don't and I'm destined to lose. It's like, okay, big fucking deal. I've gone on 100K swings before. I'll go on more in, in, in the future. Like, it is what it is. It's a byproduct of this thing. The only reason I'm slapping a challenge to it at all is because I'm struggling to find the time to play and I want to be, I want that exterior sense of motivation. Do you feel lucky in poker? Do you feel like you are, like, blessed to Oh, it depends it on this the day, far? man. <laughs> yeah? No, yeah, obviously, if you can take a zoomed out approach, yes. But right. on any given day. Right. Uh, I mean, I shouldn't even say on any given day. The times where it, it weighs on you, where you feel like uh, you wish things were a little bit different, is whenever like a massive opportunity fails. 
Yeah. But, yeah. but that's literally just a knee-jerk emotional reaction in the moment. This was actually the first shot take I lost in my career. Yeah. First one ever. Yeah. yeah. And, and I was in the sauna just kind of like listening to this video of like listening to your inner mind and exploring your mind and just thinking like, I have a shot taking strategy. Like, why didn't I just use that? Right. And I kind of went into like, okay, well, why didn't I use that? You know, I've had success before in the past. Like all these things just came in, you know, and it really calmed me down. And then when I was playing the two, five game, I was like, this is good that I'm playing the two, five game because like, I should kind of say like, okay, like I don't have to overwork here. Like, yeah. And this is how I should be approaching poker. Like, yes, I have talent. Yes, I know lines that are like gangster or whatever. But like, that isn't always the go-to play. You know? Right. And do you like, want pride or do you want money? Correct. Exactly. So sometimes the Dominican pride from the flag gets in the way. Of sure. It. And that's okay because that same pride makes me kick people in the neck and bust their bankrolls. Okay? You should have walked up to that kid and let him know that... The reason you're playing 2-5 is you want a shot at busting his bankroll. Mm -hmm. It will probably won't take that long, though, because it's probably not that big. Sure. But, no, nah, I'm really spicy today, man. <laughs> I'm really spicy today. You know, shout out to the win 2-5 regs. A lot of good people out there. You know, they play deep. They, they're really nice, and they love the vlogcast. While I was playing, they were like, hey, like, listen to the vlogcast. Like four of them that didn't know the vlogcast all subscribed at the same time. Nice. Fucking great, right? It's like a 10% increase for us. Yeah, it's awesome. So like shout out to the win. They're always, uh, the players are great. And, you know, obviously the floor and staff are, are really amazing. So I want to move on to a different topic. Joe Ingram goes on the Poker Central podcast and starts talking about uh, marketability advertisement dollars in poker. I thought this was a great podcast. And you made uh, a post. Yeah. I actually haven't listened to this podcast yet. Okay. Uh, so fill me in. Okay. So um, it's it's funny because like Ingram took a bit of a break from content creation and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he was like, he kept tweeting like, I'm in the lab. I'm in the lab. Yeah. And I just assume that's part of his shtick now. Ah. Uh, Where it's like, you know, I get it. Like, I know you're in the lab sometimes, but... I just assume like anytime he's taking a break, it's like, you know, I'm in the lab dissecting fight videos and right, right. UFC and everything. Right. So it's like, okay, well, let's see what's going on. But he went on the poker news pot or sorry, the uh, poker central podcast. And man, it's just like, he articulated a lot of things that to me at least have been uh, abundantly overlooked, but insanely clear. And you know, him and I have talked about this a lot. Brent and I have talked about this a lot. Even uh, Sam Simmons and, and some of the others. Shout out to the Poker Central big wigs. Correct, correct. Brent Hanks, game host, also many other subtitles for Poker Central. He's my first backer. Your first official backer. Mm -hmm. He can no longer put you in the big game. Um, <laughs> and he never put the you in the big game. The big game was the, the 109 rebuy on yeah, stars. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then Sam Simmons, uh, Sam Simmons, obviously, I believe his title is, you know, boss man. So continue. Okay. So, um, you know, basically like what he was touching on and it was, it was really great the way it was framed and it wasn't on purpose. I don't think it, it just happened by chance, but Brent wanted to show him a hand that Chidwick and Volgosang played with four left in the super high roller. Right. Famous hand now. At this uh, point. London. Yeah. Um, and it was, a, it was a fascinating hand, but I was on Ingram's side. I'm bored to tears 30 seconds in. There's just no way you're going to get me to sit down for nine minutes and watch this hand. Right. It's like, it needs to be done in a way that is similar to a sports highlight. I don't need the lead up. I don't even need, uh, show me the graphics of what happened on every street up to the river. All I need to see is the fact that Volgason chose to bet river with ace high and that Stevie found a wild check raise for nearly min with bottom pair, right? Yeah. That's what's fascinating about this. And obviously the two characters, but Ingram elaborated even further and uh, you know, this is definitely something that I'm passionate about. Uh, you know, I've spoken to Tom Wheaton about this. He's he's big a big proponent of this. And I even mentioned it with uh, Ingram on the pod, like the very first time I did it is character development in this game is just across the board unavailable. 
And a lot of that has to do with a lack of coordination from media outlets, a lack of coordination from uh, tours, from uh, casino to casino. Like basically, it is one giant industry that is a collective of a bunch of private entities. So there's no coordination anywhere across the board. The only common ground we have are players. And that's why vloggers are now the greatest poker celebrities that we have mm. because they're self-promoting. And more importantly, they're communicating and collaborating with one another. Correct. It's the only collaborative effort we really see in all of poker. And that's why there's no advertisement dollars in this game. It's why there's no branding, right? Mm. Like, it's why there's no big poppy of poker. You know, there's no face to a team. It's, it's an individualistic... There has to be a big poppy. There's a poppy GTO. There has to be a big poppy. Right? Go ahead. That's what I'm saying. So it's an individual, uh, individualistic game that by nature to watch is very unesthetic. Why do you think you think just earlier, 10 years ago, it was done by Full Tilt and Stars and yeah. we've lost that? Yeah, I, I think the online sites facilitated a massive amount of it because they had such incentive to drive people but you don't think there's like the good guys of poker and then the bad guys today. How do you, how do you, who view? would ever paint that narrative? I, okay. Right. Name, name me a good guy and a bad guy that is under the age of 31. <sighs> under 31 is tough. No, nah, I don't know. Right. Because no media has covered. Fedor is a good guy because okay. he's like the prince of poker. Sure. Right. But Fedor didn't get covered. And then Dan Fader, Coleman is Fader just Fedor just won yeah. everything for a long enough period of time where everybody had to notice. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Right. right? It's like if his results, if he had the exact same results, but spread out over 36 months instead of like 15, it would be so much less known. Makes because sense. there are a lot of guys like that, like Stevie. Yeah. Like Ingram's big point was, what do I know about Stevie? Nothing. Right. I don't know anything about Stevie, and I am one of the most avid watchers of Stephen Chidwick's Run It Once videos, Stephen Chidwick's streams, right. Stephen Chidwick's Twitter. I know more about Stevie than the average consumer, and I still don't know anything. Right, so it's like I know a lot about Stevie, but it's because he's my age. Yeah. Right, right. so it's like we came up in the same pools, and it's like I know, I know Stevie from online. I know what he did in Sit and Goes. I know what he did with Satellites for the main and the year that he won 100 of yeah, them yeah. and shit like that. Yeah, I think Stevie, yes. But like, that's just not common knowledge. Mm. And that's, th that circles all the way back to this random Instagram person who feels the need to like put me on blast is that you don't know me. Yeah. You don't know my 16 year career. Like that's, that's the issue with the guys at my age group. Even Bonomo, it's like, he's so polarizing in nature, but also like his history is equally as polarizing. People know him as the guy who cheated online in 2004. Yeah. And then the guy who now is second all time money list and nothing in between. Yeah. Nobody knows what like 2008 to 2014 looks like for Justin Bonomo. I would say Justin Bonomo is one of the bad guys. Not because I view him as a bad guy. It's just that image that tainted him as like, it's easy to root against him. Sure. Right? You kind of want. But nobody, but again, nobody's feeding that narrative. No, no, only his saying. own Twitter timeline yeah, yeah. would further polarize him one way or the other based on. So, right. so that's basically what it's coming down to. The characters are solely being developed based upon social media platforms themselves. If they choose to do so, a lot just choose to remain silent, right? There are a lot of very high stakes players. Yeah, I never hear Brink Kenny say. Look, anything look at somebody like Jungle Man, right? Right. Off the radar up until like two years ago and then decided to create a social media presence. Yeah. And now like, you know, the kid has personality and like he's a really marketable figure. Yeah. But like, yeah, nobody's doing the legwork because nobody's incentivized. There's no league. There's no coordination at the top. There's nobody like heading a players union until motives begin to align collectively across the board. We're just gonna keep butting heads, right? We're going to keep showing up to infinitely large buy-ins just because it's rake-free and there's a little bit of value. And, uh, you know, tours and, and businesses and things like that are going to continually remain shy away. I want Google, man. I just want Google to say, you guys do a good job. We'll give you guys a light 10. Sure. Light 10 million. Even look at how difficult marketing is for us, right? I think for the better part of four years, we've been very diligent in our messaging, right? It's like we cater to the live poker player and our mission is to challenge the paradigm through which people will think about this game, mm. right? It's to give a different operative lens 
where we can now start to think strategically rather than think in terms of one way or the other, anecdotally based on what we've experienced in the past or uh, analytically based on specifically what a solver says. Now that's not to say that we're against either one of those things. And the irony is, I think if you polled the random person off the street who maybe has heard of myself or solve for why, they would think that I strictly fit in the box of the anecdotal thinker, where it's this kid just operates on feel, he's just another typical live guy, he doesn't know anything, et cetera, et cetera. But in the last four years, I've put a lot of time into analytics mm -hmm. because you'd be a fool not to. But you know that message gets lost because that's not something that comes prepackaged in a title. But what would you say to the people that say, but I've seen you play on TV. You look like a player that plays just live, like a, like, a, like you're feeling your way through spots. You're disrespecting Jungle Man by calling Queen Five Officer and shit like that. Well, first I would say it was two and a half years ago, right, and right. strategy has evolved a ton from there. So I think that's a good, a really good point. It's yeah, like, you, you know, can't judging, extrapolate what you know now, right? And, and retroactively yeah. look at it. like I've done high stakes hand review on that for our site. Yeah, and it's like, hey, I look back at this and I cringe at some of the things I did. But what was known then compared to now is a lot different. And that's not to say that uh, back then I didn't know that Queen 5 was not a good call. But what it is to say is that at that time, big blind defense, particularly yeah. uh, when there's an ante and a third blind, yeah, et cetera, et cetera, and you're being laid a massive price, yeah. was just on the rise. So no, the, it, was, it was people were calling crazy things. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's, it's again, it's the pendulum effect, right? Where it's like, okay, in situations where you're being laid an absorbent price, you're just going to swing very aggressively one way and say like, I'm going to call 100. And then I'm going to scale back to whatever the proper number is eventually as I learn this condition a little bit better. Sometimes you put me in a weird spot, right? So I'm commentating your game and it's like, at least for a commentator, it's, it's, it's difficult because you're three betting like the 8-6 offsuit versus Possible. Right. You have to know what I'm doing there. I know what you're doing, but like... Then just say it. That's the hard part. I'm no, like, it's not. I'm like, well... No, you just <laughs> said Postle's out of line. Yes. So yeah, I think that's what I have to do. You know, because I'm just You like, just got to say, like, this guy is out of line. He's raised calling 6-5 off. Like, he is out of line, and Berkey thinks he's better than him. Yeah. And, like, you could just say that, and it's not a shot against Postle. Right? That's just a self-belief. Obviously, I'm wrong. He crushed and I lost. Who gives a shit? I tend to frame it like, well, if one person thinks that their strategy is stronger than the other person, then they potentially could take more spots and get creative. Yeah, but I think that that's probably uh, being a little disingenuous because 8-6 off isn't a spot. Yeah. I, I'm not raising because of my hand. Yeah, you're raising to... I'm raising because he's opening the cutoff and I've seen him raise call 6-3 suited. It's always interesting because people view you and I such different, like so differently, but we're more than more the same than people think. And I don't understand where the, the difference is. Um, I would imagine that it's twofold. You're younger. Like very rarely do we look at people who are in their second and third decades and say like, wow, that guy's the best. He's just been around for it. Seidel was like the only exception that I can yeah, think yeah, of. Yeah, But Seidel's also like part genius. Yeah. Um, He's able to lead with his genius mm. because he has the receipts to back it up. Yeah, yeah. Without those receipts, his genius gets overlooked. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, lot of and sense. then I guess like secondarily, I think that you probably get a big pass just because you're not a target to shoot at. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Because I hear that, like, obviously, like, I'm friends with people that, like, play bigger than me. And I'm also friends with people that play smaller than me. And it's, I'm in this weird camp where they're, like, they always tell me, like, oh, yeah, like, Berkey. But, like, why don't you guys play? Like, you guys play so differently. And I'm, like, we kind of don't. But, like, they feels, I guess, I guess it's because I don't, like. You exude more discipline, too, um, in, in the very, like, insignificant situations mm -hmm. so like you're never bleeding and like i go razor thin on most everything yeah that makes sense so it's just like for better or for worse right for like you just don't ever run that play with trip sixes versus trip sixes versus uh, the odds the, yeah the kid from new zealand Got you also like just don't have nine six there but mm. like even if it was a reasonable hand if it was like i, seven, I understand i understand yeah yeah and those things i think is what people point at right like right. people point at like these major moments where it's a highlight reel 
and you have a hand that's like, why does he even have this hand, yeah. you know, kind of thing. But I think it's good though. Like one of the things I was saying in that post that I wrote is like recently I started to like uh, construct a failure resume. Mm. It's a really good exercise to run yourself through because what it allows you to do is provide, provide context to your actual resume. So like actually being able to go through and find like the most objectively uh, uh, like self-defining moments where you just fell on your face mm. and then compare it to the positives that have come out from the other side. You know what I mean? Like I busted 41st in the main event in 2010 in a situation where like I played a hand I didn't have to play. Mm -hmm. I ended up getting two outed, but I took like the most maximally exploitative line. So basically I had 10, six of diamonds, defended big blind versus Duhamel. I remember. Uh, yeah, yeah. And then I choose to check raise, check with the intention of check raising again on six, six, three, eight. And then when the deuce hits the river, which feels four, five, I move all in for pot. Um, or I, I like bet call off for yeah, like yeah, pot yeah. or something like that. And he has eights. Yeah. Uh, and it's like one of those situations where it's like, if I look at that as just an extreme failure and never look at any other context, it, it becomes this like, oh, what could have been type of thing. Yeah, but what could have been for me? If you win the main event, you don't meet me. Sure. We don't have a company. You probably work for Google. I go back to DR and the world's different. That's true. You know, it's, 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 you know, it's not, you know, Bitcoin doesn't exist. <laughs> it's, like, it's, it's just like a different world. But instead, you get 41st. Well, you get 41st, 44th. Yeah, yeah. You get 41st. Duhamel's a champion. And now I'm sitting in this chair and we're hosting a podcast. But yeah, like that's the thing is. The, the, so check raise. Yeah. Get after it. Good. But, but no, just like, you know, those failures lead to something. But in between all of the failures and successes, the luck versus, uh, you know, opportune moments and everything else comes all of the creation that you did for yourself. Like putting yourself in a position to take advantage of an opportunity, being ready, despite the fact that you don't have the funds to play yeah. to just go out and smash. You yeah. I, mean? it's like, I think that's something that happens to me more than obviously you less at this time. Right. Mm. But like, to me, it's one of those things where it's like, I don't have any tournament wins. I don't have any like major scores to back me up, like to like just like snap, give me a bankroll. Like I've had to like chip up, chip up, chip up. And then within those chip ups, I've had to effectively create a network that because they hear me talk, they see me execute and like see me play or hear me play or break down hands, like not on camera, not on this microphone, but right. like in intimate settings. They'll, they'll say like, yeah, I do want to help you succeed and I do want these things. But those things don't happen unless I'm like working when the lights are off. You know yeah, what I'm saying? No, 100%. And I think that counts. Right. All that matters is that, uh, you know, you're kind of genuine to your, to your mission mm. and you're able to always project value in some capacity. Even the people that I don't necessarily like that have even better opportunities than me that run their own games and sometimes shut me out of their own games you know who you are um i understand that they're providing value to the people that are showing up to their games mm -hmm. you know and it's like okay that's why they get to run them that's why they get to run them yeah. so but yeah for sure i i i really enjoy that conversation with you because i feel as if even though we're on two different playing fields like there's a lot of things that we can relate in, in that section, you know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, even though you've, I've never played 300, 600 and like you haven't played like 510 in forever, you know? Yeah. I still think that there's, there's a section there. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, like whether we're talking about playing underrolled in nosebleeds or playing underrolled at 510, the conversation's largely just the same. It's just, I'm not on the road. I will fuck you guys up, <laughs> like, but go ahead. All right, fine. 2550, whatever. Like the whole point. I am on the road at 2550. Don't come at me. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I might just overfold. Yeah. 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 But yeah, it's just like, you know, those shot taking shot taking strategies are, are going to be very similar. They're going to be risk profiles that mm. you have to understand that you have to be a lot more moderate with. I put 1.5 X out there because I thought he would just fold, but then he just had it. Yeah. But I am a little bit, I did feel a little bit good because he was a little scared on that 1.5 X. Like he didn't snap. He was like, ah, and I'm like, yeah, but he's still going to call. Yeah. Like I, I, I yeah. knew it. I was just like, 
that's not the fold though. No. And I was like, all right. That's not tens. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I accept it though. I accept my fate. Yeah. It was good for me because I did a lot of self-reflection as it pertains to what actually makes me good. Like what makes me good at poker? And it's not, I think of three things at the same time, usually. My strategy in this spot through the repetitions that I've played it so many years now, 10 years, the pools strategy and then this player's strategy and i guess a fourth thing would be the gto approximation all at the same time but it's happening like this yeah and when one of those things leaves and i overvalue another i lose yeah yeah and so, that makes sense and that's i just started realizing that all these things have equal weight mm. and i don't think i ever verbalized it before it was just like okay yeah i just play the hand Right, you know? right, right. All right. Well, 3,500. You come to the academy, you learn some theory, you play, and you'll have a great time. I actually really enjoy the academies. When is the next academy? The next academy is February 17th. Um, prior to that, we have an elite academy in December, but that's just for those who have already taken the regular academy. Or those who dare sure. to put an application and prove that they are good enough to bypass the academy because they have just all the talent in the world. If you're already at the point where you can think in terms of range versus range and you can appropriately tell me like what your checks are, what your bets are, uh, and what your check raises are, if, et cetera, on like a board like Queen 10 8, then okay, like, yeah, we can fast track you. Mm -hmm. But in three and a half years of this, very few people who are actually looking for coaching fall into that category. Last thing, I got invited, uh, you know, it was funny. I received this, uh, you know, someone wrote out there on the Twitterverse. They said like, oh, your commentating was spectacular. You are the best coach at Software Wide. They said that. I'm not just adding that. Someone replied and said, only because I haven't been hired yet. Mm. Uh, so then I wrote, oh, we could have a commentating off. And he's like, oh, why don't you just come play in my 10, 20, 40 game? Oh, shit. I was like, yes, please. Like, <laughs> I was like, yes, please. So then he, uh, he DMs me and he's like, oh, it's going to be like a fun lineup. And I wrote back, you know, it's funny. I feel like a spot because I didn't play that well yesterday. Now you're inviting me to your game. Yeah. <laughs> and then he's like, now you know why I play the way I play on TV. <laughs> and then, but he was actually really nice. He's like, no, actually, I didn't, I didn't even watch the stream. I just like really like the way you play when you come play alive live the bike. And I've been a fan of like of you since the first yeah. time you played. And I was like, well, fuck. I was already defensive. I was trying to battle. I was, <laughs> I was already like, nah, fuck you. Don't, don't let him get your guard <laughs> down, man. Yeah. Shots are fired. Yeah, he's like, oh, why don't you come play? And I'm like, oh, this motherfucker thinks I'm a spot. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he was actually really nice. So shout out to him. And, you know, I told him I would play. It's a little bit far, uh, November 7th. So I don't know if things are going to change. Yeah. But I said I would go. Um, and then he told me to invite you. And I was like, oh. Uh, yeah, I'll see if, you know, Berkey wants to come. But usually, I feel like when we play at the same table, it's kind of an awkward spot because, like, obviously, I don't want to play, like, big hands against you and you don't want to play big hands against me because even though it makes for a good show, like, we're still trying to make money and we, I don't want to take money from you. It's also time. just, like, one of those things where it's, like, we know so much about each other's strategy yeah. that uh, people who are very close, like, I remember when the uh, Bicknell and Foxen thing happened mm. where they got three-handed. Yeah. And people were saying, like, you know, it's impossible for them not to collude and things like that. Uh, first, I think they did the right thing by offering Burns a chop. Yeah. Uh, him turning it down to me is, like, an insane thing. But secondly, like, what, what I think people do inherently understand but don't necessarily understand whenever uh, the table dynamics actually present themselves is when two people are so intertwined in their own strategies – no matter how hard you try to stay within your strategic framework, because the the opposition is so clairvoyant in mm. what you're doing, it just results in what appears to be like kind of soft play, right? Yeah, so it's I, like, I if that. I just know you're going to check to me at a higher frequency on a certain board than you would your general opposition. Yeah. Now I just check back a lot more frequently. And now all of a sudden you might see two huge hands. Yeah. Go like check, check. Right. And you didn't even, it wasn't even talked about or anything like right, that. Right, right. It it's, it's an unspoken thing where like both strategies are so much more transparent to than two strangers who are playing against each other trying to figure things out. And that's, that's ultimately like 
what this all boils down to whenever we're talking about like game theory and uh, the implications of the solves by comparison to environmental learning and stuff like that. It's like you have to know somebody's strategy so thoroughly to understand if either of you are even remotely close to an equilibrium. And then if you are, is there in any incentive to change, right? Again, like and that leads us to some weird spots. Right. Because right. maybe these spots aren't explored in, in the self-strategy uh, spots. Right. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I mean, it's like it's always a weird dynamic to be at a table with a friend. Um, again, not because, like, you don't want to take money from them, even though that is maybe a subconscious thing. Yeah, like, I definitely wouldn't want, like, to just, like, crush you for, like, 100K. That would be fucked up. Right. Not fucked. I mean, it is fucked up. Like, Basically, you're my the, friend. The, I know the, it hurts. Yeah, yeah. But, like, the point that I'm getting at is, like, even if, like we did something that I would deem to be shady where we just said like, we have 50% of each other. Oh, yeah, that's, right. That's, yeah. So I think that's shady. Unless we say it. Um, but like, I'm sure. Yeah, like the, but, like the Madison Helm. Yeah. But the point that, I'm, well, it was, a, it was a one way deal. Helm oh, yeah, just yeah, had true. half of him. That's true, that's true. I'm saying if you and I just said oh, like, yeah, let's swap shady. 50%. Yeah, that's right. shady for yeah, sure. Yeah. It's fucked up. Yeah. But what I'm getting at is like, even if we did that, I still think these awkward spots would present. Mm -hmm. Right. To where now all of a sudden, and this is particularly bad in multi-way pots, yeah. right? It's like, if I know what your frequencies are in multi-way pots and you know what my frequencies are, now all of a sudden this person in the middle feels very squeezed. Yeah, yeah. And it's not intentional by any capacity, right? It's just understanding very intimately what these two ranges are. But yeah, yeah. I might come out and commentate. It's fun. I, I, I enjoy commentary probably more than I should. Yeah, I loved it for a long time. And then um, I kind of got a little bit of a sour taste two summers ago doing it for the series. Mm. And this is where like, uh, I have a lot of empathy for Jamie. You know, I got asked to do commentary on like day two of the heads up. Mm -hmm. It's like, I have very little experience heads up. Absolutely. I'm not gonna get the nuance. Yeah, yeah. Down course. to the point where like, the best heads up players in the world are gonna be like, oh, he made a great point there. Right, right it's right. like, I'm just communicating to the layman here in hopes that what I'm saying correlates to what it, and I just got criticized by like, the top of the top heads up. Guys. Right, right. Dan. Right. Yeah. It's like, okay, man. Like, yeah, you would have probably been a little more insightful, mm -hmm. but you know, you're not there and you're not on the mic. And, and you I also feel as if, if asked potentially, and this is not directly to Danmer, but just directly to general population. Um, some players at the top expect if asked that they're like super compensated, everything is like catered to them because it's an honor for them to go into the booth or et cetera, you know? Yeah. Well, and maybe it is. The opposite. Like, it's well, an honor to have them in the booth. All right. Yes. Excuse me. Yeah. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Like it's a, it's a nice gig, man. Um, you know, I wouldn't want to do it for a living necessarily, but like it pays well for one day, day of work. But yeah, I mean, it's just like, uh, I got asked this, this past summer to like do commentary for the series and basically had my, my free share of it. Or like I could pick any events that I wanted and do as much as I wanted. Yeah. And I was just kind of like, I, I can't commit, man. Mm -hmm. I want to play full schedule. I think you're going to commentate the short deck next year. I don't want to commentate the short deck. What? I'd rather be in the short deck. <laughs> gambler, man. <laughs> you're a gambler. So last thing, Run It Up had a new feature mm -hmm. this week. Yep. What kind of camera angle is that? It's used in porn. Point of view. Yeah, point of view. There you go. Um, <laughs> what? Just saying. I've seen it before. What? Don't try, don't try to act all bougie and shit. Like weird like, flex, bro. It's not a weird flex. I mean, it's just I I didn't even know off the top of my head where uh, the camera angle was, but clearly you knew. So they they have this new point of view angle for poker. Yep. And the Twitch audience is the one that chooses the action for the hero. Okay. Which is the one that you see uh, that has the point of view. So you see everything as if you are this person. So he never looks at his cards. I think he does. Yeah, he peels his cards. Oh, okay. And, and then they see the action in front of them and they choose an action. Oh, okay, okay. And they vote for the action. Right, right. So there is like, you know, fold, call, raise to this size, raise to this size. How long does it take for the interactions to take place? So it's it's because I feel like that would be slow. The voting happens, you know, within the thirty second action. Okay, cool. So it's like it's very reasonable time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, oh, it seems awesome. What are your thoughts in terms of that innovation? And is there anything potentially that you can see us doing here at the Software Y headquarters, where 
we run a stream like that as a pertain not like that with that camera no, yeah, angle, yeah, yeah. but just an overall stream like obviously we has heads up challenge that was a thing yeah is there anything that potentially we could be doing i would like to bring the heads up challenge back um we kind of take the year off we got a little overwhelmed with projects but yeah i would like to bring that back i think it's a lot of fun i think it's a fun format um i think and i was actually just talking to production today about this i think that at some point and it might be a while down the road because I, I just like want to do some tests and establish it and everything else. But I think at some point we might do a live stream of Poker Out Loud, which is interesting to me. Yeah, let me just see how expensive this is. Well, it actually would be cheaper than the edited version. Let's do it. <laughs> Let's just do it. Let the next Poker Out Loud is scheduled to be filmed first week of October. Yep. Or now we moved it's it next potentially. Week. No, it's next week. Oh, okay, great. Yeah. Yeah, live stream, guys. Expect it. You know, YouTube channel, wherever no. you're... Okay. No. Uh, but um, I think it would be kind of interesting because effectively all it is is creating a live stream where you're removing the commentator and making the player commentate for himself. Well, potentially you can still have the commentator, but the commentator is just going to say, the action's now on Berkey. Yeah, there's a lot. Of, I think there's a lot of things we could do to play with it Right. Uh, that could potentially make it more interesting. But it also just may be a novelty. Because I think the edited product is... It's, a fast, it's fascinating. Well, it's, it's so much of a show, mm-hmm. right? Like you're able to do cutaways, you're able to do interviews, you're able to do things that make it feel more like a packaged show. But maybe that's like similar to what WSOP does. It has its live stream for the hardcore people. Or, yeah. And then this one is just in the inverse, right? Yeah. It's just like, you know... the. I mean, really the way that we would do it would be with students. So uh, we would just create a version where we allowed the students to come in, kind of articulate their thoughts if they want to put them out to the universe like that, and just you know kind of see how it goes. So uh, I, I think that's something that we could potentially test in the future. Yeah. So for those of you that haven't seen Poker Out Loud yet, um, we put on our headphones, noise canceling, and we don't hear each other talk. When the action's on you, you speak your thoughts and try to win. And yeah, and this next season is going to be pretty cool. We're going to try something new. We're going to be doing uh, a bubble simulation for mm-hmm. tournaments. So effectively what's going to happen is the six players are just going to draw out of a hat and get a stack size and a seat. And then we're going to play an effective bubble where everybody just speaks their thoughts relative to ICM. Uh, as soon as one person busts, we reset the sim. So everybody redraws stacks, redraws seats, and we kind of go through it again. We put things out in the universe. Sometimes they happen, right? This yeah. is why I keep saying Google. Yeah. Like, because one day, Google will come knocking. Uh-huh. You know, when they're looking for that new point of view, sim, virtual reality poker. Yeah. And we're like, hey, we already do innovative things. Look at these headphones. Sure. You know, <laughs> look at these. Headphones. Look at these headphones. Right. We're doing it live stream. Mm-hmm. You know, it's up. All we have to do, if you want this virtual reality. Is change the camera angle. Sure. It's going to be great, man. So I am going to stay loyal. I'm not going to uh, promote other brands. And I'm, I'm excited to take this journey with you. People are going to hate. They're going to fucking tweet at you and just IG you. They're going to tell me that, you know, I should be playing 2-5 with them for the rest of my fucking life. And that's it. And we're going to do it. What do you think? I would say you shouldn't count your chickens before they're hatched. This is another one of these sayings. Yeah, I got you a book. You so got me a it's book? It's actually right here. Don't count your chickens before it's hatched. In a pickle and other idioms. In a pickle's fucking crazy. <laughs> idioms are groups of words that really don't mean what they say. That's exactly my point. <laughs> that is that's exactly my point that I've been saying this whole time. What they actually say can sometimes seem silly. Exactly. <laughs> Yo, this is literally a this should be authored by Chin. <laughs> but this is the book. If you all I will promote this book. You can find it on Google. And don't go to Amazon to try to get it. I got it from Amazon. <laughs> that is the vlogcast, vlogcast number 18. If you're not yet subscribed, please subscribe this show. It is so hot for me to sit here for two hours to provide value to the consumer, value to the audience. And if you don't like the show, please ask for a refund. And if not, subscribe. If you love the show, subscribe. Follow us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on uh, Instagram. If you don't like Berkey's challenge, let them know on Instagram. And with that said, good night. 
on the left.